is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex and Self podcast, a place where you can learn a little bit about sex and hopefully a lot about yourself. This week, we're talking about queerness and sexuality. I have a lovely guest with me, Sophie Hart. Sophie's going to be talking about their own experiences, coming into their own sexuality, coming into their own gayness uh, and queerness in general. So Sophie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So I'm Sophie. I use she, they pronouns and I'm queer. I'm also a McGill student. I study art history and I am a community organizer and I lead um, an organization called Mobilizing for Milton Park, which is a mutual aid solidarity project in my neighborhood. But I think the reason why I'm here this week is just to talk mostly about uh, my queerness and discovering my sexuality as like, I think a lot of us during the pandemic had a lot of time to be much more like investigative into how we truly felt about our lives and um, our sexualities as well. Like I know there's like a whole joke that like TikTok during the pandemic like turned everyone gay, but it's kind of true. <laughs> like it was a space where we could all talk about things that we weren't like necessarily talking about before we had this time to kind of dig deeper into ourselves. So yeah, like my sexuality journey has really embarked over the last two years um, and I'm very comfortable like in who I am now, but I wasn't necessarily two years ago. Well, thank you so much for being so open and honest. And I I love talking to people kind of who potentially like quote unquote came out in their later years, even though like 20 is not a later yeah. year, but it, it wasn't like, you know, from what I understand, you might have grown up and been quote unquote closeted and really had that conflict. It was really in that self exploration that you kind of came into your own sexuality. Mm-hmm. So, for people who don't know, because this is an educational podcast, what does it mean to be queer instead of like the traditional lesbian, gay, bi uh, labels? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, being queer is a way to describe yourself that's an umbrella term for just not heterosexual or cisgender. Um, And there is a lot of great things about labels. And there also are some negative things about labels, but for some people, labels are a way for people to describe themselves that accurately shows how they truly feel. And that gives them a way to share with others um, what they feel inside and find people within the community of like the broad, like to us LGBTQ plus. Um, So like the lesbian community is very tight knit and that's partly because everyone identifies as lesbian. Um, But for me, I really enjoy having the fluidity of saying just queer because that gives me kind of a lot of wiggle room. And I think I also like deal with the fear of being judged by others for not doing something right if I use a certain label which I think it's kind of common in terms of like why people are afraid to choose one label because they're afraid of like the pushback from people in the community and people outside of the community but um, for me I think labels are something that can be like fluid over time and it's okay to change them I think it's actually good to change them if you want to because that's just discovering yourself more and I think you throughout your life you can be at different stages where like we both know sexuality is a spectrum like you can be on one side when in your 20s and maybe in your 40s you just feel a different way um 
but for a long time I was I said I was bisexual and I think that was kind of like a term that resonated with me the most at that time but I think as I've explored like my own gender and my sexuality more I think that term just no longer sits well with me even though it's nothing wrong with that term and it it sits well with many other people it's mostly just about how it feels with you because the only person that you're like your labels should really matter to are yourself no absolutely and I really love the like nuances that you pose with this question because I think it's so important when we talk to like young kids about you know sexuality and if I mean if kids are lucky to get that Mm -hmm. education I know that that's not something that a lot of us got but when we're you know posing and giving children the opportunity to kind of self-identify it's I think it's really important to like reaffirm that sexuality is fluid. And I even think it's so interesting that like our body changes so frequently as we age, like how, why does our sexuality have to stay so stagnant? Mm -hmm. Um, But I really liked the kind of intersections that you brought up about gender and sexuality, because for me myself, like I'm an openly bisexual woman, but I use she, her pronouns. I'm very like, I really like the performance of being a female Mm -hmm. and like what that entails. And that just like feels comfortable for me, Um, which is why I don't typically use the queer label because I just feel like it just doesn't, it just doesn't resonate with me, which is totally fine. And And if I explore my, you know, gender performance and my expression in the next 10 to 15 years, maybe that'll resonate with me then. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that's that's a really interesting lens. And I do like to ask um, kind of where people stand on the labels notion. I feel like your answer will most likely be very nuanced, kind of like my own. But how do you feel about labels in general? Do you think they do more harm than good? uh do you think they're beneficial like what are your thoughts I think labels definitely hold a certain amount of power for some people and I think that to say that never do any good would be to take away that power from people who find comfort in that and find expression and themselves in these labels so um I think it's important to some people but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's the most important part of your sexuality like journey to figure out what label you are. Cause like maybe you don't fit into any of them and that's just totally okay. So I think we can definitely see them for their benefits while also like critiquing them for some things they do in the community in terms of like separating people and dividing people. But at the end of the day, like we are still all under the same umbrella, like queer term. So um, I think it's important to like recognize the good they do, but also like be aware of how it limits people sometimes. And I think especially even with like bisexuality, there's a very um, kind of like, I think it's definitely how we're taught about bisexuality as well. Like it's like the in-between one, like you're just in a phase, you'll figure out what you actually like later. So like in terms of bisexuality, like there is a lot of biphobia and people just not um, supporting people who identify as bisexual, which I think is definitely maybe even why I, prefer the term queer as well so um I don't know we have to definitely be able to recognize the pros while also like seeing how it hurts our own community from 
inside our community and from outside our community as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, yeah, I, I, I feel like labels are fantastic for people who don't understand to slowly grow to understand. Mm -hmm. But I do agree that like they, they definitely cause their own, their own harm in whatever kind of like situation that you're president, whether it's within the community or even outside of the community. Um, but similarly to me, you came out in your twenties, which is, I think, I mean, it came very, you know, it was conducive to COVID and, you know, the little gay TikTok era that I think we all had. Um, but what was like that experience like as an older older I, I hate saying older but like we weren't like eight years old yeah. being like having crushes on girls mm-hmm. or you know whoever we uh choose to be or not choose but whoever we're sexually attracted to so what was that like mm-hmm. yeah I think so I've always been very very open about my sexuality it's always been like a very fun thing for me to explore but I think I had so much like compulsory heterosexuality in me where I like just really thought that I was always going to be with guys. And like, I can think back to a time in my life when like I was younger and I thought lesbians were so, can we swear on this podcast? Of course. (laughs) I thought lesbians were so (laughs) fucking cool. And I was like, I would love to be lesbian. Like I love just like so many aspects of like my mom's friends were lesbian and I just had no education about it. Like I didn't know like anything about lesbian sex or gay sex or anything along those lines. So like in my mind, it wasn't even an option for me. Like I couldn't even embody that because like, it just wasn't for me. And then I think, so I, I was having sex when I was like 15. And then when I was 21 was when I really was like, I want to be with like other people. And I think it like was kind of a switch where like I had been on like everyone Tinder for like a few years by then but I'd never actually like gone on a date with someone who wasn't like a cisgender man. And um, I think like taking those first steps were like very scary because like I had talked about being bisexual before with my friends, but I'd never like brought a non cisgender man home or I'd never gone on a date with someone who wasn't like a cisgender man. So then like the first steps in being like going on a date and like meeting someone I really liked, we're all very monumental moments. Um, but I think it was very scary as well, just because like we all had like listened to podcasts for like years, it's, like call her daddy about like, just like so much, like just information about having sex with men. Like that's all you got, you know? So like, I was so comfortable in having sex with cisgender men, but I had no fucking idea what was going to happen if I like got into bed with a non-cisgender man. And that was kind of like part of like the fun and like curiosity about figuring it out. But it was also really scary. Like I didn't want to be like someone like I think a lot of or not a lot, but some of the hesitancy is that people I kind of expect you to prove you're queer, which is like kind of like fucked up. And it's like if you want to have sex with me, then like you're not actually queer. And it's like, no, like I just don't want to have sex right now, you know? So like, there's definitely a lot of discovering of like different, like consent changes and how like your comfortability changes as well when you're having sex with like a different type of person. 
Um, so I don't know. Like, I think it, it was, it's kind of like just funny to think about like my first experiences now, um, a couple like years later, but I just like, I wish I could, I could have just maybe appreciated those first moments a little bit more just because I was so scared and so anxious when I was first doing them because in the end, like no one cared, like no one cared that I was changing how I identified or who I was seeing or like who I brought home with me. Like my friends were all very supportive of me, which I'm very grateful for my family as well. But um, I think it was like a turn where people started like taking me seriously. They're like, Oh, like you're actually gay. And I was like, I've been saying this for years, but it wasn't until like, I actually like went on the dates and like had my first girlfriend was when people were like, Oh, like they took me seriously. Finally. Yeah, I can relate. Uh, I I definitely think when I came out as bisexual, it was very much like, so when are you going to go on a date? When are you going to see a girl? When are you going to have sex? And I'm just like, holy shit. Like, and and like, to be frank, I like, I'm a very, very confident woman with cisgendered men. Mm -hmm. But with women, I shit myself. (laughs) Like I have no confidence. I have no, like, I have no presence. I have no charm. None of that. All of that shit goes out of the window. And I'm like, I feel like I'm a 15 year old girl, Mm -hmm. like on my first date, uh, like, you know, like with, you know, you know, um, butterflies in my stomach and it's like a mess, Mm -hmm. but I feel like because I still haven't taken that leap and, you know, been sexual with a woman I don't know how many people actually validate my sexuality which is like if you think about it so fucked up because Mm -hmm. it's like nobody asks like 12 year olds who have crushes you know who have heterosexual crushes like you gotta fuck (laughs) him to make sure that you're straight like excuse me yeah yeah that's so gross yeah I totally agree Uh, I think, honestly, in my experience, well, I don't even know if I would say this, but I do think that the older generations have a little bit of a harder time grappling this. Granted, like, one of my very, very good friends, who was the first person I came out to basically said, are you bored? And then followed that up with you should have sex and then find out if you're gay and I'm like this doesn't that I don't know if that makes sense you know like it's just like the the, my brain was like trying to compute it and then I was like I don't know anyways granted I don't know how great of friends we are at this moment but I think that's that's something that especially a lot of people who come out in their early adulthood I feel like deal with because it wasn't something that was a constant and people have to unlearn and relearn Mm -hmm. um, and learn with the the person because we're still learning and like growing within it and within our sexuality and that could change. Um, But do you feel like there are pressures when people come out or like expectations on both sides on the person coming out and you know, the person that they're coming out to. I hate the the notion of coming out, by the way, but this is just like for 
for computing yeah. in our brain's yeah. sake, I'm just going to say coming yeah. out. But. Yeah. I think there's so many expectations and there's a, an expectation for you to have it all figured out as well. They're like, if you can define yourself now, then like you must know everything about yourself and like your journey. And it's like, no, like this is actually like my starting point where I'm finally comfortable enough to tell the people in my life that this is what I'm doing now. And this is how I feel. Um, so I think it really should be like seen more as like a, a beginning rather than like an end to like your journey in figuring out like who you are, who you want to be with, who you're sexually attracted to. Um, but yeah, like, I never really came out. Like I had been saying I was bisexual for years and like no one took me seriously. Um, and then I had like my first girlfriend and everyone was like, oh shit. Like she wasn't joking, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Like, I think it was very validating to have that reaction. This like the second time I was like actually real. But then like, I wonder like, would I have been in limbo for like until now if I hadn't had my first girlfriend? Um, but yeah, I think there's, there's definitely more pressure on the person who's coming out than I think on the person who's listening. Um, because like, I think like there are just so many different reactions people get and they're just like, oftentimes like very funny to look back on, but in the moment you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but I know, I I think it's just like, we need to. I think like my advice for people who are coming out would be just to like take everything with a grain of salt. Like I think my part of coming out was like working through like my compulsory head compulsory heterosexual <laughs> heterosexuality. And I think other other people have it in them in them as well. Like it's not just you who's been um told since you were a child that men are with women and that they get married and have babies. Like I think that we all are have been affected by the same programming and societal norms. So it's like, just because you've kind of worked on it inside yourself doesn't mean your friends have. So like, you should understand that their reactions to you coming out are based on how they were raised and what they are currently believing and just like see it as well for them as a beginning as well. Like for you, if it's a beginning in in discovering your sexuality, it's also beginning for them to understand how to support you and support your journey as well. So I think that we shouldn't really, obviously people can have really bad reactions that are worthy of like cutting off friendships and um, not speaking again. But I think it's like important to give people Um, some time to learn as well and like to have questions later like they may want to talk to you about it again and I think giving them that um, safe space to ask you questions might also help you like discover your own sexuality because you are responding to like their questions as well I think it just needs to be seen more as like a gentle kind of like wade into the community like not just like because we have like these like like ideas of coming out where it's like like a party or like a massive cake or like those like gender like um you know like people have babies and they have those gender reveals and it's like the gender yeah, reveals it's, like, like I'm gay <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like I think it's it needs to be like a little bit more soft um which I think is just like kind of reworking our idea of coming out um which like would better suit the people who are actually coming out. 
Yeah, I completely agree. Honestly, like there was really not much thought behind it, but that's kind of how I did it. I, I did it very slowly and I did it like with my closest, you know, friend circle. Then I started doing it with my family, then extended family. Mm-hmm. But like in a very uh, traditional Italian Roman Catholic family, um, I think that that honestly, I think making it less dramatic made it a little bit easier mm-hmm. for certain people to digest. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you completely. I, I remember having, I remember bringing it up to my, my dad, who's a very traditional Italian man. And he kind of didn't say anything at first. And I was like, Oh, it's not going to be good. <laughs> and then after the car, it was like three days later, we were talking about like something totally random. And then he had a bunch of questions and it was really like it was very relaxed. It was very inquisitive. I felt great like telling him like what he was like asking. I honestly don't even remember what it was, but I just remember it being very nice, which I was really shocked by because that was probably one of the ones, one of the people that I was the most uh, apprehensive to tell. Uh, I love my dad, but I just, I don't know how great he would have done with it to be completely honest. But it was very like, like luckily easy breezy granted I think there was a lot of that like are you sure (laughs) are you curious do you want to just you know have a few nights out with chicks Mm -hmm. and I'm like "Mm, no (laughs) but okay um but something that I think is really kind of interesting especially for I think women because sexuality and like the media surrounding sex is very penis centered Mm -hmm. like everything is just about penises Mm -hmm. like penetrative sex all like the easiest um barrier methods that you can get are for penises Mm -hmm. like everything is just all about the dick Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I feel like that's something that uh, specifically for me so I'm looking for tips but uh how how was it for you to like navigate gay quote-unquote gay sex or queer sex or Mm -hmm. however you want to label it because it's not something that's super easy to like get resources on and you don't want to like I kind of feel like a little bit of like a a queer virgin and I'm like unsure about how to you know I know how I know my way around a dick that's Mm -hmm. not the Mm -hmm. issue Mm -hmm. but now it's like somebody else and then another you know I mean the same genitals that I have Mm -hmm. but it's, it's still something that I've never encountered so what was that like for you yeah I think that was like also like very anxiety provoking but like just so much fun like it was just like a whole new like lease on life and like people call it like your second puberty basically where like you have like all the hormones raging again you're so curious like you just kind of want to get out and explore um but I would say I was only comfortable once I had um like my first relationship like queer relationship and like that gave me a lot of space to be vulnerable and to be honest and to have like conversations about being like I don't know what the fuck is going on but just tell me if you like this and then um from there it's kind of like how I learn but I think for sure like you can have that without having a relationship like there are so many people in the queer community who are like very open to people who are just joining and are like wanting to discover I think there's definitely some pushback on like baby gays and people being like 
like come talk to me in a couple of years. And it's like, well, like I'm not gonna be able to talk to you in a couple of years. If no one actually gives me a chance to learn and to figure out like how to have like great consent consensual sex. But um, where's I going? I think like you kind of have to just throw out all the ideas you have in your, like, your brain right now about what sex is. Because like for me, sex was just like penetration. Like that's what sex was. And like once you like start kind of digging into queer sex, like there are so many different ways you can explore it. And like there's so many different ways of having sex where it's like you don't even need to have penetration and it could be like the best sex of your life. So I think it should it should be like seen as a curiosity and like a kind of like discovery time where like you can do a lot of research like you can go online and like it's usually very binary terms like lesbian sex you have to google to kind of find what you want but um there are a lot of people who are already talking about this because like basically queer creators online have done the sex education um in terms of like safety and consent and sometimes practices that we never got in school um like we only ever got like from what my understanding of sex, like when I was in middle school and high school, it was like we learned about the pleasure of the penis and like how penis ejaculated when you like did this to them. So like I like didn't even know what a female orgasm was until like a few years ago. And then like I hadn't even had one until oh like I was queer. So like it just like wasn't even like a, a possibility for me. The same thing where it's like being gay isn't a possibility for me having an orgasm isn't a possibility for me but those were just ideas that had been ingrained in me where just I had to just unlearn them and like once I did like I had so much more comfortability in my life and my sexuality and like how I explored that but there's a youtuber called Stevie Bobby who does a lot of great content um but yeah I think like they're just needs to be a lot of kind of honesty about your situation when you are going into new relationships and new ways of having sex because like if you kind of like talk up all this game and get to like your date and things don't go well they're gonna be like what the hell but if you're like (laughs) if you're honest from the start and you're like hey like I'm just learning but I'm like really into you and I think you're like super hot. And like, if you are also into this, like I would love to explore with you is a much better way to go about it than to like pretend that you know everything before you've actually even done anything because that's just going to lead to disappointment, which I feel like is a very common thing for like having sex with men. Like they talk of this whole game about like, I'm going to show you like the night of your life. And then you do like missionary the entire time. And you're like, what the hell was that? Like you lied to me, you know? <laughs> but like if you're honest and you're just like men lying? <laughs> I've never heard of that. Oh my god. I didn't know they could do that. Yeah. But I think I think also just like there is an aspect of queer sex where it's just like people are much more interested in like your benefit as well. Like I think also men have the idea ingrained in them, or cisgender men have the idea ingrained in them where it's like once I come, then it's over for everyone. But in queer sex, like it's often a much more 
interconnected experience and people like want you to have a great time as well. Like it's not just about their like orgasm. It's really about both of you and like making sure you're both having a good experience. But also I think it's like important to like not even associate sex with orgasm as well, just because like you can have sex and you have great sex without orgasming. And I think that's important to understand as well, because like at the beginning, when you're not like perfectly comfortable yet, it might take a while for you to like finish or to like whatever like the term we want to use is but um like having the idea that it's only ever good sex if you orgasm just ruins like all the great sex you're having that doesn't end in orgasm that was a lot sorry (laughs) no it's so great and like I think super helpful and resourceful and I think that like open communication is something that obviously should be taught throughout sex ed. Cause I think regardless of who you're having sex with, if you're not able to communicate um, and that's something that I had to learn specifically with having sex with men, mm-hmm. I feel like, honestly, I've been sexually active for, I think four years now I was late. I was really late, but um, I was not having good sex for the first two years. Yeah. Like, and I didn't know how to advocate for myself. I I masturbated for the first time, like intentionally, probably after my second sexual partner. Mm-hmm. Like I did everything the wrong way, uh, but nobody taught me. Yeah. So I was just like, here we go. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to have sex, but I don't even know where my clit is. <laughs> and, then, and then you have sex and it's very unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. And you're like, why don't, and, and granted, like, Men are to blame for quite a few things, but I really don't blame them for not understanding how to have like good, fulfilling sex for both parties Mm -hmm. because they're not taught either. Like nobody knows where the clit is. It's not a, like a conversation. Ejaculation is the end all be all. And granted men don't even know that they can have multiple orgasms as well. Mm -hmm. Ejaculation doesn't mean you're done. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is like, crazy but because we have all these notions from porn and whatever locker room talk and blah 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 everyone is just like not living their best sexual life mm-hmm. um but something that i have been looking at is there's this fantastic book called uh the bliss club and it's sex tips for creative lovers it's by uh, june pal and they have very explicit diagrams of different genitals mm-hmm. and literally arrows of where you should put your tongue or your fingers or your sex toys or whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And I found that super interesting because it was something that I could try on myself Mm -hmm. before I bring it to somebody else. And it's kind of like sex homework, I feel like, which I think is fantastic, especially if you're exploring like something that you had never explored with a partner before. Mm -hmm. Um, But kind of like, because you had been sexually active before uh, you had come into your queer label, did you feel like, you know, you were maybe like a little bit too old coming out or like you didn't maybe fit into the identity like completely or yeah, because you had been practicing kind of like heterosexual relationships before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like a hundred percent. Like that was, a really big thing because like I just felt like I felt like I wasn't really queer because I didn't know how to have like queer sex you know 
And it's just like, that's just not a reality. Like, that's just not it. Um, but also it's like, I feel like at like in your twenties, like some people have already been having sex for a while. And if you're with someone who has been out or has been like identifying it, identifying as queer for a longer time than you, like they have more experience than you, especially in like queer sex. So like there is like a kind of like almost embarrassing aspect where it's like, why do I feel like I'm not as good as other people or like I'm not as pleasing as um, other people could be. But I think a lot of that gets made up for with like your enthusiasm. Like if you are so into it and like so down to make the other person feel great, like that's something that maybe other people aren't really offering because they've been having like this type of sex for a while it's comfortable for them but like it's like fun to have sex with someone who is like new and discovering because they just like bring a whole level of like excitement and enthusiasm that like is just like unbeatable almost because like they really want to please their partner and themselves and that's just like not offered everywhere but I really like the idea of like sex homework because like I would literally like just like sit and like watch YouTube videos and like look at diagrams for like hours be- like before I even like had sex with um, my first partners when I was having queer sex because like I just wanted to have like a toolkit of ideas in my back pocket where I could be like okay like, I remember like they told me to do this and like just having like these ideas in the back of my mind was so helpful um, because we are like inundated with sex tips about men. Like I remember reading like Cosmopolitan, like since I was like 14, like, (laughs) and like, it was like the seven best sex tips that are going to change your life. And it's like all seven were just like penetration in different ways, you know? And like, that's just like not the best sex of your life. Like there are so many other ways of doing it that just like, aren't, just penetration for male pleasure um but yeah I think like your age definitely affects people and like I think it also just like stops people from wanting to explore because they feel like they've gone on for too long without being like honest with themselves or like it took them too long to figure it out that they're like I can't even start now when I think that's like very limiting and like almost just like dangerous because you have your entire life. Like there are people who come out in their like 40s, 50s, 60s. Like it's really never too late to start exploring what feels comfortable to you and what you like want to be trying. Um, So I think it's really just like, of course, the only person that's going to know like it's your first time is the person you're having sex with. Like no one else outside of you is going to know that like you haven't had queer sex yet or like, Maybe the first time didn't go as great as you wanted to. But also if we think to like our first experiences with cisgender men, like that was my first sexual experience. And like, that was not great. Like that was (laughs) not fun. Well, like it was fun, but like, it wasn't like anything amazing at all. So I think we need to have this like notion that like, we understand that it's the same thing when you're, when you're queer, like you are going to have your first experiences and you're going to learn a lot from them, but it may, might not be like that mind boggling, like life changing event, even though it also could be, but 
I think we need to see it as like a practice and like something we're like working on and like we're gonna be having sex for like probably the rest of our lives like so there is so much that's going to change over time like we're going to learn so much with different partners different podcasts like different youtubers like there's just so many ways to keep changing and learning that like I think if we aren't willing to like take the first few steps because we're 20 like that's just it doesn't make sense you know like we just need to be more understanding of people who like maybe we're in families that didn't talk about queerness or queerness was not accepted you know like they had to work through their own um process to becoming queer or being out as queer so like if we aren't going to accept them because they're in their 20s like that really is not fair to them as well because it might take people longer than others to finally be open with themselves and like their families and like their close friends because there are a lot of communities that still stigmatize being queer um, and don't even allow it yeah I really like I really appreciate that because I think that like there is I think the the moral of this conversation is that there is no like linear path for anyone mm-hmm. and it kind of works and I mean granted you and I had a very similar experience where we came out like quote quote unquote in our later you know in our early 20s mm-hmm. but I think that a lot of people struggle with the idea of like being gay enough or you know being queer enough or being you know sexual enough or being experienced or just I think that there's a lot of like pressure Mm -hmm. especially when you're already sexually active and you are exploring your sexuality in a different manner and you may be really unexperienced there but you may be really experienced in another way it doesn't have to be equal Mm -hmm. um and I think that that's something that I'm working through myself but um what would you like what kind of advice would you have wanted to hear uh maybe before you came out when you were maybe fickling with the idea of unsure about being gay enough or nervous about exploring your sexuality like what what would have been really validating in your experience um so when I was like openly being queer um so many people were like can we have a con a phone call like can I ask you a couple questions and I was like of course but like I think there is often like lacking like someone unless you're already in the queer community like it's hard to get into it almost. So I think like when I started being open about my experiences and like who I was dating, um, it really like sparked ideas in other people, which I think why like having labels and like being open is so important because then it sees, it helps other people feel seen and to understand that like people in like their close friendships are also queer or in their family are also queer and like it's not something they have to hide forever. But I think one thing for me, like I tell people all the time is that like, people are like, how do I know if I'm queer? Or like, how do I know if I'm like this or that? And it's like, well, like if you are constantly thinking about having sex with people who are not cisgender men, um, then you're probably queer. Like if you are thinking about it, if you're like, wanting to do it if you like are attracted to people who are not such gender men like that's enough signs to like show that you have some exploring to do 
Like there doesn't need to be one experience that changes your life. Like you could really just like listen to the little aspects of your life that show you that you are looking for more or for different. And you have to understand those as real things and like real parts of your being that um, aren't going to be ashamed of and like are something to explore and to um, like dig into more. But yeah, I think like there is no one day where you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, I'm, I'm gay. Like it's done. It happened. I'm gay now. And I think that is like what people think they're going to like be like one day they're going to realize. And like, of course it could be like that could happen to you, but I think it's often a slow burn in terms of like feeling a certain way and then learning more and then just like researching and then maybe having an experience that like, it's not just going to be like a flip of a switch. And then you realize what label fits best for you or how you best want to, want to identify. Um, and I think like having that patience for yourself is really important. But I think also just like, just like thinking inside of yourself, like a lot of it is how we've been portrayed to think about relationships. And like, you have to think about like what you actually value and what brings you comfort and joy. And like, that could be different from like your friends or your parents. And I think it's important to recognize that like sexuality is different for every single person. Um, but yeah, like they're, the community is so open and available, but also is like, there are some closed doors, which is, makes it safer to have closed spaces, um, which I totally respect and understand and value. But I think you have to kind of just like start getting your foot into different places and kind of just like, kind of crawling your way into the community and just being like, I may not look like your typical gay person. I may not like, seem like I am gay but like this is my first steps of my discovery and I think people are definitely going to respect that because it's hard to be in that situation but like there's no certain one way that you have to dress or act or um, present yourself to be gay enough and like there is no such thing as gay enough like if you feel like you are gay then you're gay like that's just what it is and um, I think there's a lot of like time for people think they have to like start dressing a certain way or speaking to people in a certain way when really it's just like we're putting on these expectations from outside of the community on our community because we want to fit in with a community that doesn't care about it you know like people don't care how you dress like there are so many different levels of for like female presenting people like being high femme is a part of being queer. Like there are femmes who have acrylics and who do things the way that feels best for them, but that doesn't mean they're not gay. But yeah, I don't know, like this is also very long, but I think like there's just so many different ways where you can explore in terms of researching and like spending time alone, like masturbating and just like thinking about what you want to explore and um you can do that with a partner or without a partner so I think it's a lot of it is just being honest and like respecting your feelings and wishes and validating them as normal and a part of maybe a journey that you didn't expect you were going to go on um 
But I think there also is a little bit of like fear in recognizing that your experience might not be what you always imagined. Like, I think definitely for me, when I was first reckoning with the fact that I might not end up with a cisgender man and like have that be my experience where like we get married and have kids, which is like what we're all programmed and told we should want. It's very scary to be like, this could not be my reality. And I think it's like, just like a little bit, you have to rework your entire brain because your brain has been told for so long, this is what you do and this is how you act. So once you start kind of unraveling that, it's like, well, where the fuck do I go from here? And I think being queer is about kind of finding your community and having experiences and exploring yourself to like rebuild a future for yourself that might not be the one that you had imagined or had been told that you should want, um, which is scary, but also very exciting and gives you so many different possibilities, um, which should be seen as a positive rather than like an extremely negative thing that should be like worthy of not exploring. No, I think that like, I really appreciate how nuanced you express that this experience can be for different people. And that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I really, I really think that this very reflective and individualistic experience needs to be discussed more because I feel like, you know, even now with the representation that we see in the media, it's still not the same way that most people explore their sexuality or come into their sexuality or come out or move through their sexuality. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, Sophie. I'm so glad to have you. Can you uh, plug anywhere that you want people to reach you at and plug your organization again? Yeah. So of course. Um, Yeah. So besides being queer, I also um, do other things. So I am, I do my community organizing, which is with Mobilizing for Milton Park, which is a student-led um, organization where we support um, unhoused community members of Milton Park. So we work with all of the neighboring Indigenous-led and non-Indigenous-led um, community-serving organizations. And it's really cool. Like there's definitely a lot of space for people who want to have community in um, working with the community. So if you want to check us out, you can find us on Instagram and it's mobilizing with a Z for MP. Amazing. I, you know how much I love the work that you do, but I also really appreciate you coming and being so open and honest. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for having me.